Hello and welcome to this week's My News Rep, news from the world of SAP, Microsoft and the world in between. As I announced last week, um, I will focus for the SAP side of the house mostly on contributions from the community. So let's start with them. First contribution that I would like to highlight for you is um, a contribution um, around CDS, around the um, uh, CAP Cloud Application Programming Model. Um, this new package um, helps you with exposing the information from your um, service catalog um, as an open API served by um, Express Middleware. So I think quite nice feature, especially if you want to, to document to make your things more visible, more accessible, quite cool. Um, it's provided by Christian Gorgi in his private repo, one of the, I would say, main developers and architects around CDS. So really cool feature. Staying in the world of um, Cloud Application Programming Model, as you know, there was the uh, conference recap, um, and you're probably eagerly waiting for the videos of recap. And there is a good news. They are cut and edited, thanks to Ivona Han, as far as I interpret um, the message that came out uh, on Twitter. And the publishing is ongoing, so it will be coming. It's not available yet, but stay tuned, folks. I will tell you when it's out. With that, I would like to switch to a second beloved topic in the area of SAP, and that's Kima. And there is one smaller news from my perspective around Kima, but it shows that Kima is making its way along uh, the extension path. And that's um, the embedding or, or usage of Kima within the SAP customer data platform that is out now. So if you're working with the customer data platform, you can now use Kima with extensions. And uh, this little section in the SAP help portal that I referenced within the show notes um, will help you in order to get started with that. Then one other news or, or blog post and podcast that I would like to highlight um, is kind of a um, well review or um, point of view from the German speaking user group. Um, that was served by Diginomica around Sapphire now and the announcements there. So this um, blog post as well as the um, accompanied audio mode um, guides you through the announcements and the points of views that the two board members that have been interviewed there, uh, namely um, Jens Hungerhausen and um, Oliver Ottoschel, pardon me, Ottoschel, um, gave to Diginomica. Um, well, fair points that have been addressed there, a lot of um, topics that I think are really fair to take a look at, like the, the RISE announcement, the one contract confusion, um, and a lot of other things like, like the industry cloud and this um, new restructured ERP that was announced, or modular ERP, how, how it's called. So very nice read on that topic. With that, let's switch to the Microsoft part of the house with um, one first blog post that I'd like to highlight um, more from a political perspective. Perhaps you saw it on, on Twitter or somewhere in social media that the Jedi contract was kind of terminated um, between Microsoft and the um, United States. 
to be precise, the Department of Defense. And this blog post kind of gives the point of view of Microsoft on that um, story and their commitment um, to uh, the Department of Defense. So politics at its best, but maybe an interesting read to see what Microsoft has to say on the topic. And with that, let's switch back to technology that's easier to digest. And let's go to Azure Functions and uh, serverless. So first of all, I would like to uh, highlight a blog post by Vilvideda, who is currently pushing out blog posts like a machine um, on how to create serverless APIs, making use of the Cosmos DB. Uh, to be precise, make use of the uh, Cosmos DB Mongo API. So <clears throat> this blog post guides you through um, how to set up Cosmos DB, how to make use of the uh, Mongo API, and then how to wrap that with um, Azure Functions in order to have basic CRUD functionality to interact with Cosmos DB. Then um, another blog post that came out um, that was a topic that's not brand new, but um, that I think didn't get that much, much attention up to now. Um, and that's how to implement Azure Functions with any function. Um, that's a functionality that came out um, that's called Custom Handlers. And this blog post guides you through how to do that um, if you want to use, for example, Go within Azure Functions, which is not supported out of the box, but which you can do yourself by making use of custom handlers. Then um, one blog post um, in the area of Azure Functions that's also quite interesting um, by Microsoft um, around how to bring together Azure Functions, VNets, and in this scenario, uh, Kafka that's living within a subnet of the VNet. Quite interesting blog post. Um, especially because this architecture is a quite common one. So um, basically it's not Kafka specific. So um, it's addressing really the, the pain points that you have when you want to integrate functions and, and services that live in several subnets within a VNet. So um, if, you, if you stumble across something like that, then this blog post is definitely helping you a lot. And then um, one... GA announcement that is coupled to Azure Functions and the App Service. And there is some new features available in the area of secret configuration options. There have been a lot of options up to now with uh, keyboard references and uh, system management entities. However, there have been some shortcomings and some limitations that um, will give you some pain in, in several areas, especially in the area of automating some, some workflows, some deployments. And if you run into that, you should read this blog post because a lot of limitations, especially around the area of, of um, user um, assigned identities, for example, have been uh, solved. So a lot of limitations have been removed. Then uh, let's switch to another serverless topic, the hot shit that's currently out, and that's Azure Static Web Apps. And there is another blog post that's a perfect entry point for you to get started with um, Azure Static Web Apps. Um, and that's called 10 Things to Know About Azure Static Web Apps, which serves as an entry point to, um, well, 10 further blog posts around this topic. Um, if you have not yet started 
first of all, start with it. And yeah, this blog post gets you perfectly covered uh, in walking you through um, this new area. With that, um, I have nothing more from the serverless part of the house, so let's switch to the sister, brother, topic, uh, containers and Kubernetes. There is one cool announcement um, about a public preview on Microsoft Azure. Um, the form recognizer has now container support. It's in public preview, so it's not GA, but this uh, quite nice, um, very specific AI functionality, but super useful AI functionality is now available as containers. So you can run that on the edge, which might be a case, and you can also run it within your self-hosted environment, which might be quite interested for governments, for um, public sector or something like that. So that really helps you a lot. Then some news from the area of um, AKS, Azure Container Service. There is one blog post that I would like to highlight around upgrading AKS, um, so making a version upgrade um, and applying a blue-green deployment there. There's one blog post that I referenced about that topic, how you can do that. And kind of in the same area, there is also one um, article from um, Learn Kubernetes um, about the graceful shutdown and zero downtime deployments within Kubernetes. So it's not about upgrading the whole cluster, but it's about how can you do um, this with your with your pods living in Kubernetes. Uh, thanks to Christian Denik, one of the um, one of the uh, Microsoft Cloud Solution architects that brought that up on on Twitter when discussing how to do that. So that's cool. With that, let's switch to the area of DevOps and here, of course, to Azure Bicep. Um, there is a book coming out all around getting started with um, uh, Bicep. Um, I think this will come out next week. Yeah, it's July the 13th. And there is already a, a GitHub repository out there with a lot of samples all around um, Bicep that is of course covered within the book, but the samples are there for free. So um, I think quite nice entry point um, and gives you some impression what will be covered within the book. And anyway, I think as samples are super helpful, those are two. Then also from the area of Bicep, um, the, the Bicep CLI is now included within GitHub Action hosted runners and also in Azure Pipelines. So you can now, um, or life has become easier to um, apply Bicep when you want to execute it within uh, GitHub Actions because it's already there out of the box within the marketplace. So that's also super useful. Then one thing for the um, ops guys that um, is also described in a blog post by Microsoft, and that's how to combine um, Azure Monitor and to be more specific, the, the alertings in there with Teams. So really kind of a, a classic scenario, right? So you have a, a, an alert and you want to push that to a Teams channel or something like that. And this blog post that I have here um, gets you covered on how to do that. Of course, making use of Azure Logic Apps 
as a glue between those two worlds. Um, and then one news from GitHub itself. Um, as you might know, um, GitHub has a mobile client available on iOS and Android, which is quite useful if you want to do some, some smaller things, but it has not the, the full functionality that's available on GitHub per se. Um, nevertheless, they are improving it a lot. And one improvement that I would like to highlight is the filtering and metadata experience that was pushed out. Uh, so you can now filter, for example, issues based on the metadata that's within the issues. So what's the status, what's the author, um, and so on. I think quite helpful and quite nice additional feature within the mobile app. And well, let's jump to a completely different topic from DevOps um, to another service that I already mentioned quite sometimes um, within this podcast around Azure Web PubSub, so the PubSub as a service functionality on Microsoft Azure. And there is a blog post that I referenced around building a real-time whiteboard application, making use of Azure Web PubSub. And what's cool, this time not with .NET, but making use of JavaScript. Well, that's, that's it from the Microsoft part of the house. So quite some news um, came around. Let's switch to um, the world between SAP and Microsoft. And let's start with a topic that's kind of not my perfect home turf, but I think it's really uh, worth a read. That's a blog post around um, optimizing SAP for Azure. So how, can, how do you do all the sizing and all the magic that um, you have to do when you want to bring your SAP workloads onto Azure? As I said, not my home turf, but a really interesting read. Then um, a really cool blog post that was published on the SAP community by the folks from uh, Business by Design um, that you know they, they have a quite deep integration with Teams. So that's, that's that was highlighted by me at the beginning of the year. And I think it was GA in April, if I'm not mistaken. And there is another cool blog post that shows you the power when you bring together Microsoft and SAP offerings, um, highlighting one, I would say a classic scenario, um, bringing together Microsoft Power Automate with Business by Design. And this scenario is you, you get an email and an email has an attachment, which is an invoice, and you want to, to push that towards Business by Design um, in, a, in a specific folder there. And that's where you can use Power Automate because it can listen to your inbox if their inbox has some, some um, or if the email that arrives has some specific um, attributes, like, like having invoice in the title or something like that, you can then extract the um, attachment and then push that somewhere where Business by Design can find this invoice. And that's exactly described within this blog post. Something um, that's related to Power Automate, um, Logic Apps, there is um, another improvement um, within the area of documentation of the Logic Apps and the SAP connector there. Uh, which allows you to connect logic apps to the RFC functionality within uh, SAP, which can be a pain when it comes to um, authorizations. And um, documentation got improved um, with respect to the 
um, authorizations that you need within the SAP system in order to make the call a success from Logic Apps. So take a look at the, at the documentation. It's got a lot of improvements there. And then last but not least, um, the SAP on Azure podcast that came out this morning. Um, quite cool one um, with the main topic of predicting cash flow from, from S4 HANA um, and, for example, from, from another data source like Cosmos DB and bringing those things together, making use of the analytics toolbox that's available within Azure, namely uh, Synapse, Azure Synapse and, and the Synapse pipelines to feed it in, um, making use of machine learning and, of course, for the visualization uh, Power BI. So really super interesting um, story. I would say also a quite common scenario. Really interesting. And what's what's the best? Um, and it's referenced within the show notes of the of the um, podcast. But I also referenced the link in my show notes. Um, all the stuff that you need in order to make this setup reality are available within a GitHub repository um, that you just need to use. And there is one other announcement that I want to highlight from the Azure podcast, and that's around Azure charts. Maybe you know them. Um, and that's kind of the, the perfect entry point if you want to know which services are available which, within which region, what new services have been pushed out, what, what instance types are out there for several machines. Um, and they enhance that with, with uh, solution stories, customer stories, and so on. And, and, and uh, Hooking in the topic of learning, really cool, um, yeah, radar on all around Azure. If you don't know it, take a look at it. It's really super helpful if you're looking for specific services. Yeah, with that, I would like to switch to the area of well, learning in the broadest sense. So uh, let's start with two. To blog posts for more yeah, hot topics that are coming around. Um, first one is around WebAssembly um, that you might have come across. Um, I mean, it's it's quite on vogue, especially with with the .NET and Blazor folks, for example. And this blog post tells you why. Um, uh, first of all, what is WebAssembly and why it is currently uh, that much pushed out, and why are you hearing so much about it? So it's really a cool. Um, First intro into the topic if you want to learn more about that. And the second blog post that I would like to highlight is from Container Solutions, um, which is anyway a company that you should follow if you are in the cloud native area from my perspective. And there is one cool blog post by their chief scientist about 10 predictions around the future of cloud computing, which are really interesting. Um, no surprise, first topic is uh, WebAssembly. Um, then Rust, then there is uh, Kubernetes, there is blockchain ecosystem, which will implode according to the chief scientists. Doesn't make me too sad, to be honest. And a lot of other topics around serverless and, and how things will work. So um, really interesting. Let's see how, how those predictions evolve. Then um, to make your... Uh, podcast listen to list uh, even longer so you cannot catch up with it like in my case and um, there is one very cool blog podcast um, out from the go to uh, community 
around uh, cloud native and Kubernetes. So is cloud native and Kubernetes the same nowadays? Discussion around the topic really uh, something I think you should listen to. Um, yeah, because you can get the impression that cloud native and Kubernetes are kind of the same and I wouldn't agree. Then um, if you want to dive into the area of want to learn machine learning, Microsoft got you covered uh, in, a, in a great sense. Um, there is now a complete beginner's curriculum out there, which is um, free. Um, it's available on GitHub. I referenced uh, the GitHub uh, link also in the show notes. Um, well, th th there are lessons, there are challenges, there, there is a reading list and so on and so forth. And you can also provide feedback <clears throat> or contribute to that if you, if you think you're missing something. Um, very extensive work and um, very cool if you want to start with um, machine learning. Then um, another topic that might be interesting for you if you are working, for example, in the UF5 area, because now you can migrate your UF5 JavaScript stuff to TypeScript. And there is um, one short session uh, of Goloroden that I've also, well, uh, his contributions have made it to, to this podcast quite often. Um, there is, this is another one. Um, and this one is about migrating from JavaScript to TypeScript. So what do you have to keep in mind if you want to do that? Um, interesting for anybody who's dealing with that, but I think especially if you want to go down the path in your UI5 apps. Then um, to events that are coming up. One is coming up next week around Azure Functions, um, focusing on OpenAPI and combining Azure Functions with Power Apps, making use of this, this OpenAPI functionality. It's on July the 12th. It's free as usual. Um, well, sign up. Um, if not, usually those things are also recorded and are available on YouTube later. So no panic if um, the time doesn't work out. Then um, one thing that will come up later this year, but I want to highlight is, is the Azure Summit, which is a very large cloud event um, happening this year. Um, it's happening in September. You can register now. Um, and if you want to give a talk, the submission uh, deadline for papers is open until end of July. So until the end of this month you can still submit papers and maybe you're a lucky one and can get on stage. That was it from the learning area. Let's go to the last section for today, um, develop productivity. There I have um, three things I would like to highlight. One is a blog post by Thomas Maurer around getting started with the Windows Package Manager. Maybe you have heard about that one. Maybe you use a Chocolate, for example, as a package manager. Now Windows has an own offering, or Microsoft has an own offering called uh, Winget, which is also a CNI tool like uh, Chocolate that you can use in order to install, um, uninstall, as well as update your uh, packages on Windows. Um, it has been improved quite a lot over the, the recent month. However, I wouldn't say it's complete completely on, on par with um, Chocolate. So if you stay within a certain area of packages, then Winget does really a great job. If you're moving 
a bit outside of of the yeah the focus of WinGet, like like installing kubectl or something like that. Well, you have to use another package manager. But um, I think it's um, already worth a closer look. Then, if you're uh, using um, GitHub and you like to um, support the ones and take a look at your repo and want to open it in VS Code, there is now a functionality available that allows you to add an, an open in VS Code button to your GitHub repo, which will then make use of VS Code and the remote extensions that are available within VS Code in order to open the repository without having to clone the repository. Um, there is also an option to open it in code spaces if you if you put in the button so the user can make his choice. Um, if you're using VS Code Insider, um, that's a bit well misleading. It's not a perfect solution from my perspective. Put in this button, and the person who wants to open it in uh, VS Code Insider Edition has to uh, toggle within the, the web page that uh, he or she gets um, guided to between uh, VS Code and VS Code Inside Edition. Not the best way from a user experience perspective, but um, well, that's that's currently the one that's provided by the, by the folks from um, Visual Studio Code. And then one last extension for VS Code that I would like to bring to your attention and that's the Teams Toolkit that's available in Preview. Um, very interesting if you want to develop uh, Teams extensions with VS Code, um, which is kind of, from my perspective, a not that uncommon use case if you are working in between SAP and Microsoft because you will often combine SAP and Microsoft and maybe you want to implement your extensions with VS Code, then take a look at that extension because that might be really, really helpful. And with that, I am through at the end of this week's session on my newsroom. I hope I had some news for you, some interesting stuff. I hope I blew up your reading and podcast listening list as this is the case for me. And with that, I wish you a nice rest of the weekend. Um, Stay tuned. We see each other next week. Until then, bye.